Sorry, Hunter, I'm multitasking. Bam. Okay, good. Cool. Dude, I see you in two universes. All right. That's pretty nice. Pretty nice. I'll hang up. Okay. Look at this. Now we're we're live on Good YouTube. morning. Only one minute late. I'm God, not one minute late. It. You guys sent me multiple different links. Oh, yeah, I'm and I hear it. I hear the audio on YouTube too, Ryan. That's good, right? Don't see. There he is. Let me see what's going on with my audio built-in external headphones. Bam. Hunter McIntyre. What's up, bud? Did I pronounce that right? Yes. Yes. Proud of you for that. Usually it's McIntyre or something else. Are we getting each other audio? I muted myself. I muted myself. Okay. Good morning. Good morning. Someone sent me a DM this morning. I, I got a DM last night that said, hey, thanks for always talking up the CrossFit L1. By the way, this has nothing to do with the show. I got a DM uh, saying, hey, thanks for always talking great things about the CrossFit L1. I took the CrossFit L1 and it changed my life. And I'm like, oh, cool, because it's something like I'm. it really changed my life, so I talk about it a lot. And then this morning someone said, sent me a DM and it said, oh, my God, I, can't, I love CrossFit so much, so much I'm, I'm one month into the sport of CrossFit. And I'm like, oh, it's so weird to hear me. I, you know, I worked at CrossFit for 15 years and I still don't think of it as a sport. Just like I made babies with my wife, but I don't think of myself as like a fucking machine. I mean, it's like something I do, but it's like. I would think the total opposite from looking at this picture of you. I yeah. would consider you to be a fucking machine. Thank those, you. Those glasses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, we're hitting it off. Good. I like this. Oh man. Uh Sevon from Harris Harrison Elliott. This the incredible dialogue that is about to happen will be cosmic. Sevon, I a hundred dollars. I'll give you a hundred dollars if you can have Hunter disclose the ass tattoo. You know, I was looking at his ginormous ass in a lot of pictures on his Instagram last night. And you do have a, a, a like a crazy ass. Um it's even more crazy when you put it next to other dudes. It's really bulbous. Yeah, it's if you hung out with my brother, my father, and I, and we walked down the street, it's like three hippopotamuses. Like it's, uh, I don't know what it is. It may, might be a case of lordosis or just genetic muscular, muscular growth. I don't know. Or implants, buddy. Implants don't rule out. There's all sorts of. Unfortunately, I don't live in Miami. If I did live in Miami, you could <laughs> you could nail me for that. Um. But I didn't see a tattoo on your butt. Do you have a tattoo on your butt? Yeah, I mean, usually only people I sleep with get to see it, so maybe this person slept with me. Um, I uh, I have a or tattoo. or you slept with his sister. It's Harrison Elliott or his brother. Oh. Sorry, I don't mean to pigeonhole you. Who knows? I mean, I, yeah, don't put me in that corner. Um, I it's a butt pirate tattoo. My. One of my closest friends and I, we were on college break and we were dead broke. So we drove up from Rhode Island to Portland, Maine, because that's the farthest we could get from the actual college and try to have a, you know, a spring break experience. And we went into a tattoo parlor and we said, we looked at the tattoos and they were all awful. And we just said, what's the dumbest tattoo you got? 
And he just lifts up the other side of his binder and slips across this piece of paper. And he goes, no one's been dumb enough to get this. And we were like, put it on our asses right now. So uh, <laughs> you, you traveled north for spring break. Well, dude, I mean, think about it. If you only have enough gas in the tank, like between four or five guys to maybe make it five hours, if you go south, you make it to like Delaware. And would uh, you rather say I went to Maine or Delaware for spring break? Gotcha. Gotcha. I hear you. We we limited options. I hear you. It's just, it's cool. It's like, it's like um, birds fly south for the winter, but you, you flew north. Not boys with butt tattoos. Yeah. No one. One's going to tell Hunter McIntyre which direction to fly. Yeah. Where are you based out of? I got an 805 number. Are you an LA guy? I was, um, I went to school at uh, UC Santa Barbara. Great. And area. when cell phones, and yeah, great. Right. And when cell phones first came out, just north of where you had, you raged in Malibu, about yep. 70 miles, uh, 90 miles, 70, 90 miles north of Malibu. When we first moved to California, we would ride our bikes. Uh, it was almost a hundred miles. I think it was a hundred miles. We'd ride our bikes from where we lived up to Santa Barbara and we'd go to, uh, UC Santa Barbara parties at like Isla Vista. And then we'd ride our bike back down the next day and we would sleep in the bushes, whatever we could do. But I mean, you guys had the promised land. If I could do it over again, I'd be there, San Diego. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I, uh, I lived in Isla Vista for 10 years and now I'm in Santa Cruz, which is about another 300 miles north, still on the coast, uh, 250 miles north. I love it. Of uh, Santa Barbara. Yeah. Have you been to Santa Cruz? Bunch of times. I worked with FitAid for five years. So I made good friends with the company and I would come up and visit maybe once or twice a year. And I was always kind of just amazed by the experience of life that you guys had up there. There's too many cool places in California. Like it bothers me almost. They uh, don't sponsor you anymore, FitAid? No, I think they listen. I all, all these companies eventually reach a point where they kind of start to hit a fork in the road and they, they maximize their potential on something. And they kind of went into the category of like people that do backflips with soda cans in their hands. I didn't necessarily agree with it, but I love the company regardless of whichever choices they make. And they sponsored a couple of my very close friends in the whole tricking industry. So I'm glad that they at least picked up some really cool athletes to do it. I, I wonder if another part of it is kind of like, okay, we've been with, um, we'll use, use an example. We've been with Hunter for five years. He has, you know, a couple hundred thousand followers on Instagram. We've, they've all, we've, we've got them all. They're all drinking fit aid or all the ones that we're going to get. Let's move on to the next guy. Kind of like, yeah, I mean, it makes, right? it makes sense. Like, yeah, that's why I ended up starting my own businesses during COVID because I just recognized I, I got dropped from every sponsor that I had except for pure, uh, pure spectrum. Like I was lucky enough that they held me through. Um, I got dropped by every single sponsor and that was my entire income. Like I would say 20 to 25% of my income annually came from races and the other 75% came from just sponsorship deals or like one-off media opportunities. And I was like, holy shit. Like I just went from being like a pretty successful athlete down to dead broke overnight and I had to start my, I started my own training company. I started my own supplement company. I started my own race company because at any point in time, if these people decide to pivot, they could just let go of me. And, um, and it's not necessarily my fault or their fault. Whoever decides to really make the decision of the path breaking apart. Um, I just learned quickly that, uh, it's a very fragile state to be in as a sponsored athlete. I, uh, I am a sucker for like 
like I see Miko Salo wearing wraps, wrist wraps, and yep. like my wrists are fine, but if he's wearing them, like I should be wearing them. So I bought wrist wraps. I never wore them. I still have them. Um, and so yesterday when I was looking around on your Instagram, I saw that you do have a product called Hydro. Hydro Builder, yeah. And um, I was very, very close to buying it because I'm a sucker for that. I'm like, okay, he has a nice body. He exercises. He has a lot of good positive energy. I should be taking what he takes. But then I was just like um, – I, I didn't see the word creatine in it. And that's really like, that's the only reason why like I'm a sucker for fit aid because like they have that drink with creatine in it. I'll and just I, tell you the truth. There's so little creatine in that bottle that you need to drink about five cans a day to actually have the response that you need. But I'm not trying to just like say that their product's not great. I'm just trying to let you know from friend to friend, you're going to need to drink five of those cans and that costs you about $20 to get that intake. Even if there wasn't any in it, just the fact that it has the word on there. That's what I'm telling you. That's how easily I'm influenced. It would be like if a chick told me, didn't matter what she looked like, if she said, you're handsome, I like her. Yeah, 100%. Like, like, like she's hot. She's hot. I, I, like, I, I just, I don't need a lot. I'm very, I'm very easily manipulated. All right, I'll take that into the conversation. <laughs> it, ta- it takes, I think, uh, like there's marketing information that takes about 15 times for someone seeing something to actually be primed to buy it. So, I just need to start targeting you and start DMing you more often. Pictures of me shirtless with a bottle of my drink, and fifteenth time, I gotcha. Um, you're for. I want to. I want to. Um, when I see you, I want to pigeonhole you as Canadian, but there's nothing Canadian about you, right? I was just on the phone with a Canadian before we started talking together, and I have a lot of Canadian associates. So I don't. I maybe it's because I am like the height of. Uh, Brent Fakowski and I've got similar hair color to Pat Vellner and you've just got that kind of like ingrained in your brain so you think that I'm a hybrid right you're like the handsome you would be if you and Vellner you know how like twins there's always like that there's the pretty one and the not pretty one and even the not pretty one could still be pretty but because you have the pretty one you're fucked because everything's relative like the movie twins with uh what uh, Danny DeVito and Arnold yeah you're you're, you're like a Vellner's twin but you're but you got all the good stuff uh, don't tell him that. I hope he doesn't listen to this. You got, you got the. Thi- oh, it's okay. He's got a very thick skin. He knows. He's married. He has a kid. Like, um, uh, his life. He has Justin Medeiros to worry about. His life is already fucked. Us, us saying something about his looks cannot touch him. Um, but you have the better hair than him and the better body than him, and and you're probably even a little taller than him. Yeah, six, and t- foot, six foot two is not an advantage. I think you want to be Justin's size. Maybe maybe for that sport, but in life, taller is better. Like, bigger is better. I think, though, there's a certain tipping point. I think 6'4 is the last stage you can get to until it reaches that awkward height where all of a sudden now you're you're in a category above and beyond what is considered attractive, appealing, and, you know, successful unless you're a basketball player. Right. Have you seen those people when they're so tall, they look like the great blue heron walking in weeds and like they lift, they have to like, their leg goes up instead of like forward first. It's like, like they're on stilts kind of, it's a trip. I live in California and I would say like the majority of retired Olympic and national level swimmers live within like, you know, 60 minutes of my house and a lot of them are athletes and they go to the training centers I go to. So I'm like constantly surrounded by people that made me feel self-conscious about who I am. Gigantic swimmers. And they all look really awkward. I mean, as long as they take their sweatshirt off, that's when they start to look awkward. So that's, you have a good point. Where, where do you live? I live in Malibu. 
Oh, you're you're back in Malibu. I've been in Malibu. I think when you probably started, I started to get on your radar. I was in Boulder. So the way that my sport and lifestyle has worked through training through my years, we would always, I always lived in Malibu and then we do these three to six month long training camps out in Colorado or Utah. And I just ended up deciding to get a house in Boulder for the year of training up for CrossFit and uh, Boulder just seemed to be a better fit because there was lots of people that were really into CrossFit over there. You know, the gym that I was training out of later on became CrossFit HQ, so uh, it was just a better area. But Malibu's always been my home as an adult. Interesting. Okay. And then where where were you born? I was born in New York City and raised between New York and Connecticut. Did you go to school in New York City, like elementary school? No, I only made it to preschool. My brothers did, though. Um, I've got two older brothers. They ended up going through the high school uh, thing in New York City. My younger brother, or at least I, all my brothers are older than me. Um, my closest brother to me, he went to school with me in Connecticut, and we were raised like that. Uh, what, what, what's that what was that movie where the kids went to school in, um, in New York? Was it called Kids? That was fucked up. Yeah, that was like that, right? I did not live that life. <laughs> I wish um Ryan it in there's a guy Ryan who's on the show too. You just can't see him. I see him. I don't know what's going oh, on there, but you I'm do excited see him. to meet him. Yeah. Oh, the people on YouTube can't see him. We can see him. Oh, nice. Thank you. And like and like if there was a picture of your ass tattoo on the internet. Oh, can, Brian, can, yeah, can you show us maybe just Google butt pirate and see if you can see that tattoo, Ryan? I'm going to warn you heavily right now, Ryan. You should not Google any of that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, do you know, do you know that, do you know that, yes, you should, Ryan. Do you know that the, uh, in the CrossFit space, there's a, I, I don't know if you've ever worked with them, but there's um, Heber and Marsden have a company called Buttery, but, Buttery Brothers. Yeah, I know the Buttery Buds. Okay, so, but if you type in Butter Boys into, um, Google, you get some great. I mean, you get some great stuff with their name too. The butter is it boys. like a homoerotic montage of boys and butter? Yeah, just there's a there's a product. There's a butter boy product that's just that's for just lubing the anus. I mean, I, I don't want to say you can. It's exclusive just to use on boys, but it's a it's a it's I targeted just, towards them. Yeah, I, I just love the uh, that's the main demographic. Um, you, are you friends with the butter boys? Hunter? Can you lower, uh, Ryan? You got to lower yourself just a little bit, buddy, or else uh, I'm gonna pop. I don't really know. I have a lot of drama in the CrossFit industry just because of the way that I entered it. If I never went to the CrossFit Games the way that I did, I actually have a lot of friends in the CrossFit industry because I did the primarily a lot of the training that I did at CrossFit gyms. Majority of people who like to train really hard, like me, are CrossFit athletes. So I had all these CrossFit friends. And then I got into I got invited to the games, and one of the first people that really kind of like bumped into me hard and was rude were the Buttery Bros. And I showed up at the Granite Games. I was competing on a team. This was about six to eight weeks before the CrossFit Games, and they just kind of really got in my face and were really rude. And it was I don't know what's Mars is the one guy. He was actually more nice to me, and then the other one, uh, Herber Heber, he was just a real dick. And ever since then, I just was like, fuck you guys. And then they came up and tried to interview me at the CrossFit Games, and I just put my hand over their lens, and I'm like, I'm not fucking talking to you guys. Oh, I love it when people do that. That's good. That's actually, they should thank you for that, because that's always kind of some good media, right? I always like that when Dave would do that to me, like push me away. You're like, oh, shit, now there's something exciting in my show. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? 
Yeah. I don't exclusively have anything against them. I just think that like there were a couple people that were like outwardly nice to me about my experience. And then there was a couple people that were like outwardly very against what I, I, I would have been rude to you too. Well, thanks. Yeah. Um, I, I, I really didn't like you until about 30 seconds before the show went on for, for no valid reason. Nothing you did. That's what I just did. Nothing get. you did. That's what I didn't get. You know, it's funny. Brent Fakowski, Brent went out of his way to do an interview like, like this with me. And like, he kind of tried to bump up against me and to be like, get out of here. You're not, you're not part of our town. Uh, and I was like, I don't get why you're being like this. Like, I'm just playing the game that you guys gave. And yes, now we talk together on Instagram pretty regularly. And, he, he and I heard he has a butt pirate tattoo. I bet he does. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've squashed most of the beef if there was any really between anybody. And it it's, you know, it's okay. So nothing against the buttery bros, I guess. I did DM them not too long ago and they never responded. I was like, because all the celebrity boxing matches were getting big. I was like, how about the two of you come fight me in a boxing room and I'll just beat the teeth out of your guys? Oh, face. shit. That w- I would be awesome. You against Heber and Mars? Like, I would oh. literally, I would fight the two of them. I don't know how the best way of doing it would be both of them at the same time or if like one, one round, oh, one brother, man. next round, the next brother. And I was like, let's just get this angst out of the way. We don't have to be drama queens about this. And let's just fucking fight to the death. Hey, and that butter boy lube could sponsor it, put up a million dollars. And you know how normally they put Vaseline on the boxer face? They put that shit on your face. You hit me and you just like, you hit me directly yeah. in the nose, but your hand just slides off yeah. and shanks to the yeah. left or the right. That, that's that's so the sport of boxing. <laughs> we could make millions. Man, this sucks. This sucks. We're 18 minutes into the show and I can already tell we're not going to have enough time. We're gonna well, have to have you on again. I mean, listen, I've I've got a pretty open morning. My next meeting's in an hour and forty, so ask away and talk away. At eight thir- at eight thirty, I got to take the boys to the skate park. I got this. I got this pro skater over the hill. It took me four months to get an appointment with them, and now that I'm having my second appointment with them, um, not for me, for my kid. This is did, definitely for you. It's <laughs> definitely not for me, dude. I can't even stand <laughs> on a skateboard. Did you skateboard? I want to go back to the to the um to me not liking you in a second. But did you ever skateboard? Dude, I shredded hard. I was a really, really good street skater. And then all of a sudden, like, I hit puberty at 19. Truthfully, I hit puberty at 19. I went from being like 5'10, 5'11 at 150 pounds in high school. Like, that was my senior year. So I was light all the way through middle school and stuff. If you're a light skateboarder and tall and gangly, you're just like somehow a super saiyan at skateboarding. And then I hit puberty and I became heavy. And I'm telling you, like, if I fall off a six inch curb on a skateboard now, like I break the pavement and I break myself. It's just not fun. Yeah. That. Okay. Um, you should, would you put some, do you have any video of you, um, skateboarding? Dude, this is way before iPhones and anything existed. Like we were filming each other. I think if you type in what up Tokyo on, on YouTube, you can find old videos of us skateboarding a little bit, but this is back when you had to put mini tapes inside of boxes and press it down and then over. This is before anybody had iPhones and GoPros. Yeah, yeah. God, I love it. Um, I would, lo- I'd love if you find any of that. Let me know. I'd love to see that. I'm so into skateboarding just because my kids are into skateboarding. I was never into skateboarding. And now, like my six year old just shreds, and my and my two four year olds are like starting to learn. And I just I take them skateboarding every day, and I just it's dope. It's it's the best. Don't let them become fruit booters because then a, a battle will start. What's the word? Fruit booters. That's what you called rollerbladers. You call them fruit. Oh, 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 damn. Uh, oh, man, there's so many great questions coming in in the in the live feed. Um, so 
in, in 2007, when the CrossFit Games started, um, you know, there was 60 people showed up to Aromas. And then in 2008, we had the CrossFit Games, and I think there were like 2,400 people showed up. And basically, there, that's when like sort of the chip on the shoulder started. Like, fuck you guys, we're the fittest ever. No decathlete can win this. And then the debates, and then like the internet was starting to become a thing. And people started debating about who was good and who was the best. And is CrossFit really crowning the fittest in the world? And that debate kept going into, for, let's say, two or three more years. But by 2010, it was kind of like, if you were still having that debate, you were you, you, you weren't paying attention it didn't like those guys were established greg glassman had defined fitness and like it, it was its own thing it was it was almost like punching down to decide if there was someone who could come from another discipline who was fitter this is all my opinion by the way this isn't like truth and so um but Greg, but during those years from like 2007 to 2010, there was always this like, you know, like, fuck you. You want to come? You want to come to the CrossFit Games? You throw the javelin at the Olympics? You think you're a good swimmer? Come on. Come over here. We'll give you a free pass. We'll let you get in and beat your ass. You know, there was like that whole bravado that we all had. And then within the CrossFit, all the people, the media, like everyone walked around like they owned the place because we were – it was like a tribe that was just building, right? There was like no. – even up until like whenever 2010, when there were 3,000 gyms, we all still kind of all knew each other. So flash forward to the year that you got invited, and that was like such an archaic fit move in everyone's opinion who worked at HQ, except for Greg, who owned the company, to invite someone. We were so past that. That would have been a great idea in 2009 or 2010 or 2008, but like that was a stupid idea when you were invited to to a lot of us by the way i've never really spoken about this with anyone i just assumed that we were all on the same page there and so when you were invited and greg did that um not only were people hostile towards you but they were hostile towards greg like who the fuck is this guy the rest of us earned our spot to get here whether you were a photographer a film guy a referee but most importantly an athlete and I, I, to be honest with you i think it fucked i think it fucked up ben smith's reputation too to accept the invite because like that the sport had gone beyond that. So then when you're invited to be in the frat and you didn't have to get hazed like everyone else, people resented you to no fault of your own. Do you know what I'm saying? So I think that's where the, I think that's where you got the kind of the pushback from, from the community or, 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 or us assholes at CrossFit who like walked around with the chip on our shoulder. I'm, I'm, I fully understand it. I fully understand it. You're not going to come in here and fuck any of our girls. Yeah, but I, I mean, listen, like it's it's over and done with now. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, it's so over and done with. I agree. It, it'd be interesting if they had kept it up from that point on and tried to like really create some kind of, I don't know, true true storyline to their convincing fact of them being the fittest. I, I think that the fact that they tossed me in there and then they're never planning on bringing it back again just makes it a weird mark on the, the history of CrossFit, but also interesting. Right, And like right. I... I certainly would have loved to have spent more time in, in, in the realm of CrossFit. And that was like the first year they introduced cuts. So like, I just didn't really get to show what I was made of. Like, right. but at the same time, it's like, I don't know. Um, like very, a lot of me like afterwards was like, screw it. I'm going to double down and I'm going to train. And then all of a sudden, a couple months after the fact, I was like, I don't really want to do this. Uh, and now here we are and I'm still competing in my sport and they're still competing in their sport. But I eventually get to compete against these guys every once in a while um, when they decide to kind of dip their toe into what we're doing. Like we have our version of the, of the CrossFit Games that happens again in October called the Spartan Games. And we had a bunch of CrossFitters come over and compete against us last year, which was entertaining. 
and now we'll probably have a bunch of come over again. Is that the thing year. Sam Briggs did? Yes. Okay. Yes. And it's it's awesome. Like I mean, it's it's a different version of what you guys are trying to accomplish. Not if me had, anymore. Not me anymore. They fired me. Um, well, you sorry. can say you, it's okay. No, no, it's okay. You can say what, those what guys. What the sport? What the what the sport? Those guys are trying to guys, accomplish. Yeah, those. Yeah. Um, it's it's definitely much more like extreme endurance skewed. But uh, hopefully they were finding a little bit more this year because last year was nuts. I think we had like 13 or 14 hours worth of cardio within three days. Yeah. Which is crazy. Which yeah, is, someone, really uh, crazy. I, 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 we had Sam on the show and I, th- I want to say that she said something like there was like a run for six hours and see how far you can go or something that made, made me v- feel very uncomfortable. Like it when she said feel, it, when it she made me said feel it, uncomfortable. gave me the EBGBs. Yeah, yeah, I just I didn't like it at all either. I felt like crap. Um, born in New York, but uh, after preschool goes to Connecticut. Um, and uh, did you just say you have two older brothers? Three older brothers. Holy shit! Yeah. And um, and how old are you now? I'm 32. So my oldest brother's 42. Next one's 38. Next one's 35. Next month. And you're not married. Not yet. No. And there's not a lot of girls on your Instagram. Like there hasn't been a lot since 2000, since, um, May, May 2nd of 2016 was the last time, like a girl who was like a party, kind of like a party girl has been seen on your Instagram. Wow. Wow. You did some real research. I mean, I've always had girlfriends during that time. Like I have a girlfriend now and when you say girlfriend, you mean like someone you're intimate with, like you kiss them and like call and hand holding. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I, I try, I try my absolute hardest, but I don't think I'm gonna be really ready to commit to like that next chapter until I'm retired, because I'm just an extremist about what I do. I just, I truly believe in the fact of like doing something with absolution and absolute intensity, and that's how you get the most out of it. Like, I just don't think people have never written books about people who are great boyfriends and great husbands. Like, they create books, write books about warlords. You know, oh, wow. like warlords, presidents, CEOs, like, and I, I, that's all I research in, in the, in my life so that I can get the level of success that I want to have. And like, all I do is just skew it towards my goals, but the same kind of intensity and passion that they put towards their goals. And I know that sounds crazy, but if you really do think with that kind of mindset, you'll have a much better opportunity of success and whatever you're trying to achieve. You um. By the way, if you go to the, I don't know how big your screen is, but if you go to the YouTube channel, you can, uh, you you should turn the volume off, but you can also watch what video that Ryan is putting up in real time as we do the show. So you could feel free to comment on it too. Like right now, he's showing some footage of the Spartan race. Um, you, I, I, you'd have to send me a link because I don't even know what this is going to. Oh yeah, good. Uh, Ryan, do you have his number? Yeah, you I'll can. Send, I'll send you the link okay. uh, via text message. Okay. Thank you. Um. I think that there is a I, – I, I, I'm totally open to this being wrong. I'm going to word this like this is truth, but it's just the way I talk because I, I stand on a big ladder. Um, I think that there is a woman out there who is a big game hunter. I don't know who she is. Oh, it's a big game hunter. See the play on words? Um, who's a big game hunter who can get you. And as Snoop Dogg says, I think it's Snoop Dogg, get in where she fits in. But you just haven't met her yet. Like, I don't think it's your choice. Like, it's not the rhino's choice to be hunted in the savannah. Like, the guy pops out with the gun and bam. 
I think there is a woman out there who could hunt you down and capture you without you knowing you were captured, you know, but she just hasn't come yet. You know what I mean? Like you have like, of course you have that you're running towards whatever goal, let's say, right. With a singular vision, but she just has to figure out how to just the, like what watering hole you're going to be at at what time and have the right equipment to throw that net around you. And maybe, and maybe it's like a net that you don't even know is on you. I think that's how, I think that that's a possibility. I'll admit there's some I, girls I hope out I'm not there. jinxing you. No, not at all. I'll admit <laughs> there's some girls out there that are far more clever than I am. And in the way that like that probably could happen to me, but I, I, I do situate myself in a very kind of obscure and selfish position to do what I need to do. And there's probably someone who's going to get that, get that net around me. It might even be the girl that I'm dating right now and I don't even know it. Right. So, yeah, you won't even know it's on you. She might not even know she's doing it either. I'm not suggesting like it's something like clever or maniacal or bad. I'm just saying like, like sometimes two magnets just come like, you know, or maybe she'll just be running side by side with you and you'll just keep looking over and be like, what the fuck is this? I can't shake this person. You're just there. Yeah, well, I, I, I hope next time we talk that maybe we're a little bit closer to it. Um, so you, do you, you don't have any kids either. No, not yet. Do you um, religiously practice um, safe sex, like in terms of like making sure you don't have kids? In the way that I try not to have kids, yes. But if you're asking me if I wear a condom every time I have sex, no. Oh, oh. The pullout I, method, you know, all those kind of things. But you are, but you are, whatever method you use, you are very disciplined about it. You're not, you're not. I'm disciplined in the enough in the way that I would try to really put myself in a position where my partners fully understand that that's not something I'm interested in. Right. Right. That's right. probably my biggest, uh, biggest safety net. I was always terrified that I was going to get a venereal disease or get someone pregnant. It was like a healthy terror, healthy, healthy terror. I can honestly say amongst all of my friends that like STDs, like I, I listen, I've got a lot of sexually active friends, like my friends that are single out in Los Angeles or, you know, New York city or the other place I'm from. Like I don't hear about anybody really having these issues. And when we were growing up, they're like, you're going to die of AIDS. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. my God. Jeez. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I, I did not want to die of AIDS. The, the propaganda had fully gotten to me. That's not a big, it's not a big consideration at this point. More so, um, I try to avoid partying more than I try to avoid kids. That's probably my biggest distraction is I do absolutely love partying, but it's not even really that big of a distraction anymore because I've just created my bubble uh, to be so tight that not a lot of things are getting into it to distract me. So, Are, are you close with your brothers? Oh, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a staying at a uh, house with my brother right now. I'll see my other two brothers this weekend. Um they all live in New York City, so I see them probably once a month or once every other month. But uh, you know, we're all very close. We actually play we play Dungeons and Dragons like every couple weeks online. Oh, what's the website for that? I don't really know what it is. I think I can't remember the name of it. Um, they just send me a link to it. We all go on on Face uh, FaceTime, and my one brother is a dungeon master. We used to do this as kids, and we picked this up maybe two three months ago. Um, just because we're like, we don't see each other enough and we just started doing it. And I know it sounds ridiculous, but it's like playing a board game with your brothers and it has a very, very long storyline. So it's, it's not like Monopoly where it lasts two hours or like a game of war or something like that that lasts a half an hour. This lasts like weeks and months. 
And so each of you have your own dice and like you have your 20 sided dice. You have a force or someone rolls for you. It's all, if we were face to face, that would be the case, but it's all digital. So my brother rolls the thing, the situation's played out. It's, it's actually great. Like you'd be so surprised. A couple of like the wives and girlfriends get a little bit irritated by it. They're like, what the hell are you guys doing? And like, you just wouldn't understand. Um, it sounds like uh, it, we just circle back to the contraception talk again. It sounds like Dungeon Dragons is a good form of contraception. It really is, or or I, just or just vagina repellent. It is, dude. You'd be so surprised <laughs> yeah. during during COVID. I started picking up. Uh, things. I think I'm so funny. Yes, go on. We started picking up things like Magic the Gathering, all these things. I started to revert back to being a kid again because so many things had been taken out of, taken out of my life that like the level of seriousness in my day to day went down drastically. So we're um, back to d- it. What- when I played Dungeons and Dragons, like we like, there we we all got together. I don't even think there were cell phones. No, there definitely weren't cell phones back then. We all got together and like, um, there was the module, you know, and then like there was the dungeon master, and then we had the dice, and then we all had like our notebooks with all our paper in it and our characters in it, and like you had your piece of paper would be all shredded from erasing like your hit points and all that shit. Um, is it still like that? Just like that. Oh wow, that's cool. And do you have? But but it's all on your it's all on your phone. You don't have a, a binder with all your characters in there. You have a, a phone, and all your characters are in there. Or yeah, computer. everything everything's you know obviously with the advancements of technology. I don't. I think paper is becoming a thing of the past. Right. Shit, that's cool. I didn't even know anyone still played Dungeons and Dragons. I thought it was just like collector's item stuff. Now you'd be surprised. There's a lot of nerds out there. Um. So 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 you're in Connecticut and um. And how, how, when did you, and it's interesting that you hit puberty late. I wonder if it kind of explains some of your personality because I was a really late developer too. And it's really, I was on so much medication, dude. They had me on medication. They, they diagnosed me with ADHD, bipolar disorder, mania, all this kind of stuff. And I think it was just like a typical young, energetic youth, uh, member of the youth. And rather than trying to like create structure in my life that was, um, beneficial for my, you know, personality and activity. They just put me on medication and then they put me in like resource room with kids that had down syndrome. Like they kept on just taking me and putting me further and further down the whole, uh, pipeline of, of kids with disorders, I guess. And then all of a sudden when I went, when I got older, I stopped taking the medication that they were giving me and I fucking blasted. I, I may at this point, I may be like, if I didn't take that medication, I could have gotten to like six foot four and be like 230, 240 pounds. I have no clue what I would have been size wise, but literally in a six month to eight month period, I grew three or four inches and I gained 60, 70 pounds. Um, are you angry at, at, at Dougie Fresh for doing that? Or are you? Cool I don't, I just don't think they knew any better. I think when right. you go into these like PT meetings and then all of a sudden they're like, hey, listen, Hunter is extremely energetic and we love him. We love him. Trust me. But we think Hunter would be so much better situated for this room if we could just give him a little bit of help. Like, you know, that's what they fucking said to him. And our parents right. are like, oh, OK, um, well, we, we, we're super busy at work and stuff. We don't really know how to deal with this ourselves, but you guys are professionals. So we'll give him 80 to 120 milligrams of Adderall a day because that's what's best, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. I, yeah. My, my parents took me to McDonald's three times a week. So like, and, and, and just wouldn't let me get the milkshake because that was unhealthy. But the rest of the shit, the high fructose corn syndrome and the um, chicken McNugget hot sauce was awesome and good for you. So I had four of those. I still smash that. Times a week. 
<laughs> you're so lucky. You're so lucky. <laughs> Just wait, buddy. You're you're five years away from the whole fucking thing turning off. I can't wait to talk to you when you're 37. That's um, exactly what my buddy Eddie, Eddie, the one who connected us. Yes, Eddie. Um, Eddie says the same thing to me all the time. He's like, dude, you just don't understand. He's just like, everything's going to fall apart soon. You're going to be crying. I can't wait. I'm like, shut up. Uh, well, it sounds like you've gotten, it sounds like you are very, very smart in terms of your training. There's a lot, there's a, they, they say that you preach what you need to learn the most. And I, and I kind of believe that, like I talk a lot about not eating sugar, not eating refined carbs is sort of like the holy grail of health. And, um, and because I need to, I need to hear that message myself. And it sounds like you talk a lot about, at least in your more recent post, is about tr- really reducing the amount of training you do. And I'm sure it's still an absurd amount, but I'm sure that's you talking to yourself, like, "Hey, I'm 32. Like, I, I, like, I need to heal." So, yeah, I mean, there's things that have definitely shifted in my lifestyle. Um, you know, it used to be like three training sessions a day for like you know 90 minutes to two hours a piece. And now, like, I can actually be a lot sharper and a lot fitter with, like, two sessions a day for, like, 45 minutes to 90 minutes a piece. Sometimes, like, a two-hour, three-hour piece once a week. But um, you'd be surprised. And I'm learning as I get older. But I also think that, like, there's just there's just so many layers of being an athlete. You do need to go through um, go through them all. And I've done more studying than I imagine most people that you talk to on this kind of stuff. And I think a lot of athletes allow dumb luck and genetics to, uh, you know, guide them. And I've, I've always had good genetics, I think. Um, but at the same time, I would rather just always shortcut things by reading as much as possible rather than physically putting my body through the ringer just so I could learn, you know, in a physical capacity rather than a mental capacity. Going back to the ADHD thing, by the way, I want to, this guy says he got a free game ticket and didn't earn it, but, but, but Corbin, like, that we would have to define what the word earn means because the owner and creator of CrossFit Inc. gave him a ticket. It's like being outside the Grateful Dead concert and Jerry Garcia walks up and gives you a ticket and you're like, no, sorry, I got to suck someone's dick to get in here. It's like, no, like, no, you take the ticket and you go in and listen to the dead. Like, like, I, I, I don't, I, anyway, I, I, anyway, I still get the, I, 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 I don't still think, get the I don't think the not earn a thing. Ma- sorry, go ahead. I still get that message on a weekly basis. Yeah, I don't think that that's a um, – I would have to define what it means to earn it. But so going back to ADHD, there, we have this really huge, enormous problem in society right now where people conflate reality with their thoughts. And people believe that their thoughts are real, like that they're actually real. So let me give you an example. You see a stoplight and it's red and it means stop. We all know that red does not mean stop. That's not truth. But we all agree upon it as a agreed upon delusion so that we don't get in car accidents. But red does not mean stop, yellow does not mean slow down, and green does not mean go. These are these are these are just abstract ideas that we've all agreed upon. But don't confuse them with reality. Red is just a color. And the same thing is true with ADHD. No matter how it's just an idea. And it's so hard for people to distinguish ideas from reality. Have you and ever when, listened to Bob Ramdas? Uh, 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 I, I used to be a huge uh, Be Here Now Ramdas. Yeah. Yeah, that sucks that he died, but yeah. Or maybe it's a good thing he died. Yeah, I have a – look at – wait. 
I'm ashamed to say I haven't opened this book probably in 10 years, but yeah. Oh. It's, listen to his stuff. Anybody who's hearing this and wants like a really, really brilliant way of explaining this thought right now. Uh, what do you wait? What are you saying? What are you saying? I think I'm just I saying, like, if you want, good, I think I did a pretty damn good you job. You did good buddy. job. It took me a long time to understand that thought process that you're going through right now. I read his book. I had a hard time understanding it. Then I actually listened to him uh, do like a symposium, like a two hour long symposium in front of people talking about going through the path of the book. And uh, did you that, go to Hawaii for that? No, no, no. I listened to it on his ebook. It's, um, I can find it right now on my phone if you want me to, so I can help. But it was amazing. I've listened to it maybe 10 to 15 times. Okay. I'm going to get that from you. I'm done. So, and here's the part that really triggers people. This is the crazy part. So there's these ideas like racism and it's an idea. Now there could be racist policy. You could work at a plate, you could work at a bank and they could say stuff like, um, uh, do not lend money to Armenians. And there are banks like that. I, uh, a few years ago, I met a, a, a woman in um, Los Angeles who's the vice president of a bank, and she told me that they have a policy not to lend money to Armenians. It was kind of amazing. And I'm Armenian, 100% Armenian. Um, and uh, she was the vice president of the bank. Pretty cool, right? Nice, really sweet, nice Jewish lady. I really like her. Um, she was giving my wife and I financial advice, and she goes, oh, did you know that we don't lend money to Armenians? We send them to, and she, t- she explained the regions to me. Anyway, do you even know, do you know any Armenians, Hunter? Besides me, uh, I know Armin. Armin, okay. Um, yeah, he's Armenian. Yeah. So, um, so this idea, people take these ideas, and when you believe an idea is real, you will start to look for it in the world and make it real. If you confuse something as real, like if you think ADHD is real. Then you will start looking for it in the world and you'll find a little boy like Hunter and you're like, oh my God, I found it. And it's yeah. just so, it's so fucked when you conflate your thoughts with reality. Okay, I'll get off my high horse. But it's so fucked and people have to pay the price for that and it's not fucking cool. And there's a lot of ideas like that, people. There's a lot of ideas like that. Well, I just, I think it was an era. I was a pharmaceutical era kid. And I think <laughs> oh, they're beyond. I, li- I, li- I like that. I, I like that and I don't it. like that. I think we're beyond it now, and I think people hopefully can see past it and have a better position on it now. But I haven't taken medication, I think, in probably um, 12 years. I was court-mandated to take medication for a while. That's how hard they were on it. Um, How does that happen? I got arrested a ton when I was younger, and I had to go to rehab for a while. And they were convinced that this medication would be the reason why I would stop getting in trouble. So... I would uh, court mandated and they would have to drug test me twice a week to make sure that it was in my system. Um, so were any of your brothers arrested? I think one of them was, uh, I don't, I don't, one of my brothers got uh, like a ticket in New York city for peeing in central park. And that was like pretty insane how much trouble you'll get in trouble for peeing in central park when there's like probably a thousand homeless people, shitting and living in that park daily. But if you have any money in your pocket and you get caught peeing, you're in huge trouble. I know that's a tangent, but, um, uh, no, no, yeah. I, I grew up in the Bay area. It, it was amazing. Um, p- p- one of the things about being and fuck you guys, if this upsets anyone, one of the things about being <laughs> white privileged in the Bay area is you can't drink in public, but if you're, uh, if you're not white, you can drink in public. And, uh, it, it, I, I, I don't believe in race anyway, but th- th- that that's just me being, um, dealt with the same thing. 
Yeah, so, it's like, fuck, dude. My street was covered with fucking homeless people, and they could just drink all they wanted. I walk outside with a beer, and I'm in trouble. Did he get a sexual predator thing? I think in California, if you I, pee yeah, in public, he, he you get did. a sexual predator. Yeah, that's such horse shit. It, I, it was all all broken down, but if it wasn't handled properly and he probably didn't have the income to maybe take care of it in the situation that he did, it could have been something really bad. But uh, no, none of my brothers have really been in any trouble. I I certainly was doing probably the majority of the dumb stuff in our family, and I probably was the worst at not getting caught. So, uh, what were you doing? What were you doing? Like, um, just like breaking into homes, breaking into cars, just shit like that stuff that boys do, or all harmless stuff. Like, I had a fast car in high school, so I asked another kid to go take a radar out of another car, and all of a sudden, I got conspiracy to steal. I we weren't really thinking about the idea of the value of it. We were thinking about the practicality of having that item in our car so we could drive fast. Right. In I in, in truth, what we did was wrong. Should I have been in trouble all the time because of it? Not necessarily. There could have been better ways of handling it than the court system. Um, next thing, I pulled a fire alarm during SATs in high school, and I got two felonies because of it. Oh, that's awesome! I used to do a lot of shit like that. And that if you think so about awesome. that. I it's did hysterical. So much like that. Yes, yes. There should awesome. be like community service or detention or any of this kind or of stuff. Or you have to sing in front of the school. You should have had to sing like the national anthem in front of the whole school. Yeah, I just think while the they co- throw paper airplanes at you, that would have been an awesome punishment. They're just getting lazy these days. I just think that back in the day when someone got in trouble, there was just so many different ways. Like when I went to military school for a while, whenever I did something stupid, and I did a ton of stupid stuff in military school. My parents told the commandant, they were like, we are not going to pay for his education if he gets kicked out of this school. So you make sure that he doesn't get kicked out. And I would do everything in my power to get kicked out because who wants to be in military school when all the other kids with chicks are going to other regular schools? I did everything in my power. And what they just made me do was just walk around a hot ring called the bull, uh, hot square called the bull ring for up to five hours a day after class in the hot sun of Virginia. Or sitting in a, in a basement in a bomb shelter and writing stuff. Or just doing tons of chores. And I didn't have to go through the court system. Um, so that was another one. One. What did you think about those punishments? I think that they, even though they were limited and not tons of like lesson building, it just really conformed you to the idea that like, hey, this bad action turns into this bad reality. This bad action turns into this bad reality. It's a very simple one plus one equals two kind of thing. And it just trained me to no longer. Eventually, they exhausted me in the way that I was just like, fuck the system. I'm just not going to play this game anymore. I realized that I can have a lot more fun with my friends if I don't fuck off. Um, So it worked. It did work. It did work. So then I went through the whole path. I got arrested again for another senior prank, which was way out of whack. There was helicopters chasing me. It was out of control how bad that one got. And that's the one that ended up getting me almost into the slammer. And then I basically, we found a loophole in the system where I had to go to accelerated rehab for a year. and be Wait, wait, can, can I hear that story? I want to hear the helicopter story. MJ Miles, Sevon, can we please talk about Hunter and not your political stuff? I've said nothing political, MJ. <laughs> that's a perfect example of people projecting their fucking delusion onto me. I said nothing political. Zero. Okay. That's what, uh, ha- uh, that's what happens when you op- you leave an open forum during a conversation. 
But I like uh, it. But I but I but I love it because it lets me. Um, I wanted I wanted have a chance to say that right as an example, like of like what a great example he just you gave should, me. You should be able to. Um, yeah. So I'll give I, you guys the true depths and every every uh, all the true depths of what happened, and this is exactly what happened. There's no inflation of this story, but I have to give you that precursor because if you if I don't, people will be like, "What?" Because it's crazy. We knew. A certain person that we were friends with, mother, had a humongous dildo collection just through running around the house as kids, fucking around in rooms and blah, blah, blah. So we thought it was going to be the perfect prank to capture this thing and do something ridiculous with it in the school. And how old were you? I just turned 18. Um, uh, an 18-year-old boy with a dildo fascination is totally normal and healthy. For anyone who doesn't realize that, then you don't know 18-year-old boys. Go on. It's hysterical. It was hysterical. fucking hysterical. And the thing yeah. was the size of my arm. Humongous. This thing was, and the plan was called Plan Alpha Beta Bex. It was the greatest dildo heist of all time. Like we had built this whole story up in our heads. It wasn't like we were robbing a fucking bank. It was a joke. But we showed up, went into the house, came out of the house. All of a sudden the parents and the boyfriend were there. The mom and the boyfriend were there. Boyfriend starts choking me. My friend chucks the thing. They start running. We get in a car. We start driving. Someone starts chasing us in the car. So now there's a high-speed chase going on. Eventually, that car breaks off. The cops Wait, I got are- a quick question. Was the boy – so this mom – was the boy whose mom this was involved in the prank? Not present. Not present. Not Did present. he know you guys were going to steal his mom's dildo collection? No, 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 that, no. Okay. That's, That's why it was also funny. I mean, yeah, it sucked okay. for him, but – Right. Yeah, yeah. That's the worst part of the prank. Okay, go on. Yeah. <laughs> if you're that guy. Oh, yeah. So basically, next thing you what know. What were you going to do with the dildos before the the, high, the whole theft got interrupted? We wanted to hang it up in the school somewhere. Right. Okay. It's a fair. It's good. Just a fair. I mean, now that I think back on it, I was like, mm, like the delivery, cheap. The experience, probably going to be just as cheap. But oh, people would have loved it. it I know, been, I know. People like, would have loved coming to school when there's a giant veiny dildo hanging from like the lunch counter. People would have loved it. I, see, that's why I went for it. But yeah, you know, so two weeks earlier, there was a breaking and entering in the same county that I lived in where the two people killed everybody in the house. And oh. you know, so the the sheriff or whatever the sheriff and the governor of the state was like, we're never letting this happen to the state of Connecticut ever again. Like this is the great state of Connecticut where all of our, you know, all of the civilians here deserve to feel safe at all times. So they went like full lockdown. Like we're taking care of all crime. So they sent helicopters after us because they called and obviously they didn't say we stole a sexual toy. They said we, we basically broke in and we're doing like, you know, vile acts inside of their house and blah, blah, blah. So it was considered a break and entering, and they went ham on us. And I, uh, for those you know, of you who don't know, ham is hard as a motherfucker. Yes, yeah, okay, go on. Yeah, so I have they, a lot of I have a lot of old ladies who listen to the show, and they need like that shit explained to them. Oh well, hopefully, I didn't mean to ruin your show with some of the vocabulary that I'm no, using. No, 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 no. These they, these old ladies love the show, um, they, they, and they love like dildo talk. Go on, bet. So. By the end, all said and done, I got hit with all these felonies for it. Larceny, breaking and entering, conspiracy to steal, blah, 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 blah. And so the only thing that we so could wait, do wait, wait, wait. How did you get caught? I, I thought I, we were I had the to chase. Tr- I had to turn myself in, dude. They had a helicopter over the school and a helicopter over the woods. My friend dumped me out of the car, and I started running through the woods. Boy, 
that's the one thing about me that you can ask anybody. I'm fucking lightning fast. If the cops came after me, no one's going to get this big dog. So I got away and eventually I, I called my brother who was a lawyer and I was like, listen, I'm totally fucked. What do I do? And I'm embarrassed to say enough that I had a lawyer that we worked with regularly enough, a criminal lawyer that I was put in touch with him. And he was like, Hunter, you just got to turn yourself in and say nothing. So I just went in and I played the dumb card. I'm like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Like, I just want to make sure I know that you guys are looking for me and I just want to be here and present so that you guys can have me to talk to, but I don't know what you guys are talking about. Right. I like it. I like it. So what are we doing here? Can I go home now? Like that kind of thing. So, uh, next thing you know, uh, I had to go to rehab for a year and then did, did, did she get the dildo back? Oh, she had to have, like, it was like, we, we went out the door and the, uh, everything like fell apart right there. So my friend, just Oh, so you didn't actually steal. Oh, Oh we were, shit. No we harm, no foul. You didn't even get the dildo in the chase. Nothing happened, dude. No gold in the sack. No gold in the sack. We did not get away with it. So how did you know where to, fi- how did you know where to find the dildo in the house? So I was explaining earlier, like us through growing up with this friend just knew that she had that collection in a certain spot. So, well, right. we went, okay. Well, so we like she would be out of town, you guys would be partying, someone would be looking for some oxycotton in her drawer and come like, across the Like, What dude? Look at this thing. Like one okay. of those kind of okay. moments. So it's yeah. like yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, like, listen, I don't regret any of it, but I thought that was the dildo you were just picked up right there. That's just a water bottle, people. That's just, just a water, water bottle, bottle, but yeah, twice yeah. the size of this. <laughs> i'm not kidding Uh, you know you know when you came on the show when when ryan found out you were coming on the show he's like oh i really like hunter this is going to be cool but i i bet you he's he's a good christian boy i think i think he's probably disgusted with you now fuck i was a fan (laughs) he's like oh my goodness do you ever think when you're when you're racing dude do you ever think um you said that like you like you're good at running from the cops do you ever like you have a mile left. You're in one of these um, OCRs, obstacle course race, right? That's what it stands for. Yeah, obstacle you're in one race. of these. You're in one of these races. There's a mile left, and you're like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna pretend like I have that dildo, and I'm running from the cops, and like just use that to like push you through that last mile." I am not going to jail. No, it's never really come into my head and heart. But you um, can use that, by the way, if that if you want. Now that I brought that up to you, you can use I, that. I appreciate it, dude. I don't know what it is when it comes to the racing. It's just a switch, but. Um, once I get the energy going, dude, there's just like nothing between me and the finish line. So that's, that's, uh, that's probably how the cops couldn't get me helicopters and all. Yeah. Did you, do you remember that feeling in, in high school or elementary school or middle school when you'd be running through the halls and you felt like you were so fast? Like if you were late for class, I always wondered why I felt so fast running in the halls. Is that because like there's walls next to you and lockers? Do you know no, what I'm talking about? Being, that feeling it's just being a kid and being, being light. I'll okay. tell you right now, gravity's a bitch, and you're just a small human, and you're free. You're free from the burden of weight in old age. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, do you know Romanov? I do. That that uh, the, the Russian guy. Yeah, the pose runner. Yeah. Oh, I don't know him. I don't know him specifically, but I know of him. Yeah, he's cool as shit. You would really like talking to him. He's fun. He's free, and he's smart as shit. And he's from Russia. I feel kind of bad, like the founding fathers of CrossFit and the people that were really bringing in like the base of education that this thing was built on are gone. And now there's all these other people. And it's not like these new people are bad, but it's just like some of the people that I really, I think I have seven certifications through CrossFit. 
Like the people that I really learned the most from, gone. I can't even really find much of them anymore. I like Dr. Kelly, like Kelly Surratt, like his stuff was amazing. Um, I was a really big fan of Brian. Brian brought in Romanov, like, you know, oh, McK- was- McK- uh, McKenzie. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So yep. it's like, you know, I don't even know where to, f- I've never even heard of Romanov probably ever since McKenzie came out of his position in CrossFit. So I think all of those people, from what I can tell, are doing very well. But what happened was, is, you know, like, when did you come across CrossFit? Probably 2010, 2009. Yeah, so like basically the we just it just grew and we kind of all grew apart, right? Hunter McIntyre became its own brand. Kelly Starrett became its own brand. Brian McKenzie became its own brand. Um uh Dr. Romanoff became so we're we're like we all start it was like there was an explosion and now we're all our own planets. It's great. And so we kind yeah, and so we kind of move further apart. Like you have your own training program now. You have this this product Hydra that you put in water. You have your own uh, YouTube station. You have, you know what I mean? We're all like and we're all capable of so much more now because of technology and, 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 and whatnot. They're great. And, and our hatred for each and, and our hatred for each other, which drives us to squash each other and grow. I do use hate to drive a lot of the things that I do. Oh, me too. Me too. Yeah. I'm a very loving guy, but I, but I do keep a little tiny little piece of like, fuck you. Like in my <laughs> brain, like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to win today. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I I'm going to Stefan, you do not want to get up at 6 a.m. And, 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 and start getting ready for your interview with Hunter uh, McIntyre. Oh, yes, you do. Because this is going to get you more YouTube subscribers to beat down other people in the, in the YouTube kingdom that you despise. Ah, dude, I, I literally just, just a tiny my- bit, though. Just a tiny bit. It's not a lot. It's not just like a little bit I'd rub together. Just enough to like get the spark going. I just had this conversation with my family. Like, they're just like, Hunter, you need to relax. And I was like, you know, one beer doesn't taste as good as one hour of hard work. I'm just driving myself towards crushing some of the people that I want to. And I'm here on vacation for the month in Rhode Island. And my mom's just like, why don't you relax more? And I was like, oh. wait, I thought you were in Malibu. No, I'm, I'm out. I, I live in Malibu, but I'm vacationing right now in Rhode Island. I didn't even know they had internet in Rhode Island. Okay, go on. So, so your mom's telling you to chill the fuck out. Sorry. That was a great story. I interrupted. No, no, don't worry about it. I mean, like, we're just kind of flowing. But uh, that that's it. I just like that same hatred you're talking about right now. It's just like I think about intensely all day long the people's bones I'm going to turn into dust. And it just feels like a million bucks. Yeah, it's awesome. Look at Ryan's getting all excited. I love Ryan when Ryan smiles. That's good. Because usually he's not even paying attention to the show. But um, uh, when you leave your house, um, do you kiss your mom goodbye always? Like, do you have rules like that? Like I have, like if I'm with my mom and if my mom walks in the house, no matter what I'm doing, I have a rule. I jump up and kiss her or same with my wife. I try like the second my wife walks in the house, just as a rule, like I like the discipline and like having structure and like stuff like that. My level of intimacy and in, like my family is more so I call my family. Like I have to call my family almost every single day. Like that's it. Like that's more so. I don't really think like that in the position of like being in the room. If someone walks into the room, like obviously I'm going to gauge with them. But like, as I said, like I kind of have this very polarizing focus where it's like 99% of my energy is on one dot and, you know, 1% of my energy is on the peripheral. Um, so you don't have any rules like that or like, no, interesting. Okay. Do you have any, um, it's the same with it. Like my house doesn't have a shoe rule. Like you can wear shoes in my house. Like if you came over, you could wear shoes. But like for myself, I have a shoe rule. Like I come in. I take my shoes off. Even if I'm only coming in for like a few minutes, like 
That's I have to make the be- I have to I'm very OCD. I have to make the bed every single day. I have to keep my room like really gosh darn clean. I think I have to keep things around me really clean. I have one car that I own that's like super dirty and that's like I can literally be like uh, you know, completely disconnect from that position then I have my fancy car that I get like, if there's one speck of dirt on it and you like try to eat a, eat a piece of food in it, like I'll rip your fucking hand off. So like there's there's the way that that's the way my brain functions in certain ways, but I don't like have uh it doesn't sound like I have a hug the hugs and high five ones that you have. Yeah. You can, and you could always, you could always, uh, add it. Don't, I mean, don't, I mean, you could, you could add I'm, it. I'm learning through this experience. You could add it. Um, and you sound like, um, good mating material, the whole keeping the house clean thing. It's pretty insane. Like my brother who's closest to me is like Russell Crowe from a beautiful mind. Like absolutely. Br- everything around him is chaos other than the idea in his brain. Whereas me, like everything around me needs to be super aligned. Otherwise, what's going on in my brain is chaos. Okay. Are your parents still married? No. 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 Divorced and, at the young and age. And how, how old were you? Four and a half, maybe. Okay. I think that I think I was probably three when my parents got a divorce. I didn't witness any you, of the ugly stuff. Um, and and you're you're the youngest of four brothers, you said. Youngest of four, two of them are step. They were married in through the second marriage to my dad. Oh, how old were you when your dad got married again? Like six months afterwards. Oh shit! Wow. Um, are you? Um, do both your mom and dad still live in Rhode Island? So when you go there, you get to see both of them. Dad's in New York City. Mom's in Rhode Island. Okay. And do you feel obligated if you go visit your mom to visit your dad or vice versa? Is it like, oh, shit, I have two weeks. I have to spend a week with each. Or is it just like, no, I'm going to Rhode Island and chill, dad, if you want to see me, come on up or. No, I don't feel the obligation. I'm literally here like once a month and I make sure that I see them like either both at the same time or one of the next or the other. And it's just, you know, let's just say that I come across, I come across here 12 plus times a year. My family comes across once every 12 years. So it's just like I tell them, I'm like, listen, you guys, if you want to like really reach out and put the effort in, like you can always come to me, but I'm not going to promise that I'm going to come to you. You flew, you fly to the East Coast 12 times a year. I fly probably four times a month, if not more on a regular pattern. And there's so much work just because of what I do in New York City that um it just ends up being like an alarming amount like it, it's annoying you, so I, you fly during this whole covid response thing you fly you get on planes constantly i lick doorknobs i hug every person that i can find i try to get that viral load really high but uh i'm not really i'm not tremendously worried about it i got the j and j baby Oh, uh, I'm not. I, I'm not suggesting that you're worried about it. I'm suggesting dealing with all the fucking that the lunatics, the fucking insanely terrified lunatics, it's stuffing crazy. their faces with Twinkies. It's Those it's people. very polarizing in the way that's like I went to North Carolina, then I went to New York City, like directly right after each other in the middle of COVID. These people looked like Hiroshima, like the bomb had just been dropped off on them. Like the way that they were acting, the way that they were physically holding themselves. The way that they like kept distance and acted around you was so. Yeah, Berkeley, California is like that. It's crazy what they've done to themselves. North to themselves. Carolina parade, loving parade. Everybody, come in. We're having a barbecue. We're doing CrossFit. Like fifty of us in like a <laughs> ten by ten square foot box. All of us working so hard. It's it, that's the craziest part. When I went over to Germany last year, which I'm about to do again right now, 
I was getting COVID tested every single day for a week straight while I was competing there. And Why are you going to Germany? My world championships are on September 11th. I want to go back to why you got the vaccine and why you chose J and J. But um, what, what, when you say your world championships, what are you, are you talking about? The High Rocks thing? Yes. yes. Okay. I, I don't even know what that is, but I want to talk about that. I got that in my notes. Um, can we? So, why did you get um, the vaccine or whatever the whatever they're giving us? I don't even really know what it is. I just chose it because I literally had to do it for work. Like I would never have done it if it wasn't for work. And I constantly keep on getting guilted by Wait, people. I thought like, you're unemployed. No. I have to race like it's that's considered my work. Oh, OK. OK. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm employed by my own companies. I'm unemployed by other people. Um, but. I you can't go over to Germany right now without staying inside of a room for five days, if not 10. If you're not vaccinated, it's 10 days inside of a room. And like it's just so many rules around it. You just it was becoming too complicated. And Germany wouldn't let you in if you didn't have a vaccine within two weeks before you got there without being in a room for 10 days. And I was like, there's no way that's happening. And I, I care enough about my world title that I will go because this is like a limited time in my life where I actually have the opportunity to be a world champion. Whereas like the action of being safe because of COVID was never of, of risk to me and the action of putting other people under risk. I can't physically promise that this is true. I just felt that it was very limited for me becoming like the apex predator in COVID, which a lot of people blame me for. But like that's where I stand on it. Well, uh, like people would say, like if you didn't get it, like you're spreading it and giving it to um, fat, oh, old, obese people who've been drinking Coca-Cola for 30 years and stuffing themselves with Twinkies and that they might accidentally die because you sneezed on a tra- passing by train as they were on the platform and you <sighs> killed them. Well, dude, oh it's, shit! It's, please don't do that ever again. I like, I, like it's alarming. That blowing thing made me feel like you just gave me COVID. It's alarming in the way that so many people that I know who spent the past two decades of their life living really, really poorly to get to the point where they were at risk. And while I've been the person who's like drinking water every single day, eating supplements and like you know vitamins and stuff that keep me healthy, being out in the sun, moving regularly, like all of the things that human beings should naturally be doing. I was doing that for the past dec- two, two decades. These people were living the polar opposite uh, on the past two decades, yet I'm the person who putting them at risk. And I was like, none of your decisions over the past two decades have put you in this position. It's only me. So I don't want to get on this tangent, and we should probably stop talking about COVID now. So Can I, I just want to say, I want to add one more thing to it. it on, the, on the super duper micro scale... Like if you are a snail, and I use the snail analogy a lot, and you can only see the concrete in front of you. If you're a fucking snail and, you can, and you're a concrete expert, like your fucking mouth, your ass, and your eyeballs are pushed down on the concrete, yes, to not get the vaccine is extremely, extremely selfish. If you are anything but a snail and you have any purview of the bigger picture, it is the 100% opposite. And what I mean by that is you people who are not taking care of yourself and who have let yourself get to a point where the slightest wind blow will kill you, you are the weak link in society. You are the fucking selfish ones. Yeah, you can't say that, though. I, but I just I, did. It's okay. I, I, I've already been canceled. You, you don't have to say that. But I've but I already been canceled. Like So, like, I just – sorry. 
No, that is my opinion. That is not the opinion of Hunter McIntyre. He is a contributor to society. He has done all of the things. He's been a role model and eaten healthy. He's turned his life around from from mischievous child, um, pharmaceutical drug addict, not not to because of his choice, to a to a male beautiful specimen, mating specimen. Thank you. With intelligence and contribution to society, because he took the J and J. But he. he but he doesn't have time for a BJ, just did the J and J. Thank you. Okay. Um, Hyrox, what? Uh, Hyrox is, tell me about Hyrox. Am I saying it, right? it, it Yeah, it's just under the umbrella of CrossFit, to be honest. It's what I call fitness racing, which is a little bit different than like, you know, the trip. Do you uh, own the company? No, no, no. Okay. I own this company, OCR Stars. Okay. Um, we... High rocks is what I call fitness racing. It's like, you know, the first time you guys probably ever saw it was um, on a, like a professional scale was TMX. And a lot of high level CrossFitters came to it in 2017 and 2018, put on by Tough Mudder. And now a lot of companies, including Spartan Race and now Iron Man being an investor in High Rocks, uh, they all are, have, you know, ownership or at least share in companies that are putting on events, which it's just like CrossFit in the way that the movements are all there. But what we do is we are always adding running between the stations. So High Rocks is eight stations and eight laps. So it adds up to five miles of running and eight stations. And they basically, the way I describe it is they're trying to test all of the like major level, major league sports or Olympic level sports in these facets of fitness. So the first station is Nordic skiing and a ski erg. Next station is the sled push which is like bobsled power sport. Next one, sled pull power sport, strongman. Next one is burpee broad jump. Next one is rowing, rowing. And next one's farmer carry strongman. Next one is lunges and then wall balls. And it's always the same thing. It's like the idea of triathlon where they want to have this one test universally to see who's the fittest person. Uh, are, are they uh, <clears throat> excuse me ryan's showing it on the youtube uh feed right now thanks ryan i'm wondering are they always the same stations it's identical every time always always i think they probably are going to expand to the point where they change some things but if they're going to keep this one model the same for its entirety okay so and you've won this event before yeah i hold the world record and i hold the world title uh, uh, so sorry explain to me um so it's 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 it once you hit start it's like a marathon or, or it's like a race the you whole entire thing there's not start and stops and we move and it drags out over days it's no. like okay and what's what's the effect, what's the what's the world record time for completing that 5738 and and when did you do that i did that in 2020 2020 and how yeah. long has it been going on this race I think it started in 2017. It's very big in Europe. Like they're having events with 3000 plus people in wow. Europe going through this. And, you know, they're having tens of thousands of spectators come and visit. We're here in the United States. We're just cresting, like breaking over 1000 on the most popular events, like, you know, 600 to a thousand. And is it always at the same venue, the world championships? No, uh, I did the last year in Hamburg. The The year before that was in Berlin. Now it's on Leipzig because it's a German company. I think they're always going to host the world championships there. Actually, in 2022, it's in Vegas in April. So, wow. Um, you know, it's just, I think over there, it was much easier for them to build the business structure up a lot more quickly because obviously the level of competition is 
is just peanuts over there in comparison to coming over here where like there's companies like Rogue and Wadapalooza and Granite Games. That, these are just like the B-list versions of CrossFit that are still like so much more enormous of brands. Um, and then obviously like you think about all the obstacle course races here that have the majority of people that like to go to high rocks or obstacle course racers. They're, those are huge too. Oh, why do you, um, why do you do this? Do they pay, does that company pay you to come there and whoop ass high rocks? Uh, I mean like obviously you get checks at the world championships and I have worked with the company under, um, uh, under their payroll for a while. Um, um how close is someone to beating you? Not really. Not really. No. no. Ryan shaking his head like, like. No wonder he likes you so much. Um, like, what was the closest time that last year when you got fifty? Uh, sorry, in two thousand twenty, last year when you got fifty-seven thirty-eight. When was the next fastest time? It was like high fifty-nine. So the closest person's oh. ever been to me is two minutes. And do you know the guy? I know Ryan Kent. There's Lucas Lucas Storrath from Germany, who's very very good. He won a world title in twenty nineteen. Then I took it from twenty twenty. He's probably the number two best guy athlete in the world. I mean, it's like it's. I think the only reason why this is a good thing for me is because I spent so many years running and then I spent the years getting into CrossFit that it's, it's truly like a 50, 50 slice. It's 50% of the time it takes to run. It took me 29 minutes and like 38 seconds to run the, or 29 something to run the 10, uh, 8k. And then it takes me just under that to do the fitness station. So it's a very, very even split. Are you, are you? Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. No, ahead. we've had a lot of high level CrossFitters come and do it and they're tremendously fit. Obviously it's a little bit running heavy for them. Uh, just because it's like, you know, I would say CrossFit's maybe like 70, 30, um, weightlifting. And then the rest is like cardiovascular gymnastics. And you know, this is more 50, 50. Are you at the end of this? Like, like gassed, like this is like you, you, when I set the world record, like I was messed up for like two weeks. It's just because oh. it's, it's so much, it's so much lactic acid because what happens is you're running. And then all of a sudden, when you get to these extremely heavy, high rep movements, like, you know, anybody doing a hundred wall balls in a row is going to feel it. But feel, doing that after a 60, like a 55 minute race is incredibly challenging. Um, so it just does a lot of muscle damage. And I typically am pretty laid out. But then I drink the night afterwards, and that's what really doubles down on it. The the uh, just alcohol um, on top of these sore muscles, the fatigue muscles. Yeah, alcohol is just like the devil when it comes to high level exercise. How how often do you think you drink alcohol? At like a big level, maybe once a month, once every two months. No, um, like like would you have a glass of wine every night? No, 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 no. I would say like once every five nights to every seven nights, I'll have a glass of wine. Uh, maybe a beer just because I actually do like it. Like now I drink this company called athletic brewing and they're not paying me to say this. I just like, we'll drink that because it's good, but like you can't replace wine. So I got, I had a glass of wine or maybe two glasses of wine with dinner two nights ago. And it was nice. Like, it's not going to get in the way of my, my, my results. Like I know what's a problem. What's not. Yeah. And you're 32. Yeah. Yeah. About, about, um, I don't know how long it's been but somewhere 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 when when the when the lockdown first started i started drinking like at eight in the morning and then like continuously drink till like midnight just like 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 i would take like a kombucha alcoholic kombucha and mix it with like a couple cans of sparkling water and just like have it for breakfast and sip it all day and i drink like six six of those throughout the day that would be like my caloric intake 
And then after about two months of that, and I was just like constantly buzzed. And after like two months of that, I was just like, you know what? I'm done with alcohol. And that, that's when basically I, I did the carnivore diet for two weeks, like hardcore. It? What'd you say? You liked it? Oh, well, I, I used, I, I want I, like for 15 years, I've been trying to get off of added sugar and refined carbohydrates. Cause I was just like always with Greg Glassman and he's like nonstop. Like either he's either telling you how evil sugar is or uh, bad for the system or he has experts around telling you how bad it is. So like I knew and it was always like being pounded into me and I was like, I'm going to use the carnivore diet to, f and I was pretty good. I didn't eat really any added sugar. Like I didn't drink soda or like eat candy or cake or ice cream or that shit, but I would, but it would still be like, I still drink alcohol. So with the carnivore diet, I basically allowed myself to eat as much meat and hard cheese as I wanted for two weeks, as much as I wanted. And, uh, and I, I guess I went into ketosis and all of a sudden I never craved alcohol or sugar or any of that shit again. I started craving fat like a motherfucker, like just, just like nuts, nuts and avocado. And then I broke it. And so for like a year, basically I've just, I broke it. And now like the other day I took a sip of wine, I wanted to vomit. Every once in a while, I'll go on an all-steak and apples diet, and I oh. get buff and shredded. Wow. Tell me about that diet. How does that work? Steak and apples. Like, I just I'll, – I'll eat maybe two to three ribeyes – two to three pounds of ribeye a day, and uh -huh. uh, the apples is just – like, it's not like a high-level consumption of apples or maybe from any kind of caloric um, additive. It's just more so of just having some kind of different thing for your palate. And I like apples in the way that they're kind of fresh and juicy and like just eating gigantic butter covered ribeyes with salt all over them can eventually twist you up into knots. Yeah. And I can truly say like my endurance output and my like the way that my body looks is crazy. But like I'll admit uh, I'm, I can't last on it for a super long time just because of the limitations of like going out and doing anything and then also just high, high levels of training if I don't have a ribeye like in my back pocket, then I need to have something else. Right, right, right. And he's not joking. You mean like literally in your back pocket? Yeah. Like you dude, have to have one just me. ready in case I'll, like you empty your tank. After a big like bike ride, sometimes I do these two, three hour bike rides. I'll just like, I'll have like a Ziploc bag with a ribeye in my car and then I'll just like pull it out and eat it on the side of the road. And it's yeah. gross, the idea of it, but it's nah, so I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, what, um, how many apples a day would you say you eat during that? Like a dozen. What? Oh, shit. You have to understand, like... Oh, my, shit. My, my average intake is around 4,000 to 5,000 calories. And, like, there's some days that you go higher. Um, and... Like I never look at things from a body fat standpoint. I look at things just like completely from like a, we burned this much gas today. We have to fill up the tank for tomorrow. We burn this much gas today. So you're just always eating. Like if I wasn't talking uh, to you yeah, guys you, right now, I'd be eating. Yeah. 12. So 12 apples a day and three pounds of steak. That's like, I mean, I, I mean, that's basically, you just have to be eating every, I mean, an apple an hour is a tremendous, like, I mean, that's like, that's like goal shit. Like I'd have to set that out to, for a goal. I definitely tried one time. Like I'm talking about the apples that are maybe like three times the size of a golf ball. Okay. I went and bought uh, like the ones that are like chemically induced at, yeah. uh, at uh, Costco one time. The big old juiced and up ones. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it was so crazy. That was alarming how freaking hard it was to try to get through those. Like it truly is a different beast. So 
<laughs> Don't. I'm not trying to mislead you. They're they're like normal size apples. Do you drink coffee? My friend has a company called Strong Coffee that I like. And oh I, man, is that a bad they, thing? No, they. Well, it's kind of bad. They sent me a bunch of free shit. Yeah, and I really, really, really like their shit. But jo- do you know who Josh Bridges is? Yeah, of course. The CrossFit guy. Okay, he's my boy, and he has a he has a company called Good Dudes. So I'm pretty loyal to it, and I drink Good Dudes every morning. Yeah, yeah. But man, I went through when Strong Coffee sent me their (laughs) shit. Like I'm like I just I think maybe I DM'd them and said, "Hey, thank you. That was nice, you guys." And then tried to ignore them and just put it in a cabinet. And then one day I just I think I ran out of Good Dudes and I started drinking their shit. Oh my god, it's great. Oh my god, it's so it's so good. It's so good. Good. <laughs> yeah. I'm not really a coffee guy. Like if you invited, you're like, Hey man, do you want to come meet up for coffee? I would sit yeah. down and have a coffee for you, but I wouldn't go out of my way to like, Hey man, I made you a pot of coffee. Come on over. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't live of coffee by any means. Like, um, I, I, I can drink like a gallon of orange juice a day. If you gave me orange juice at any time of day, I'll purr like a cat. That's I don't, I don't approve of that people. I don't approve of that. You guys all know that, right? Listen, you can say whatever the heck you want. I don't want. approve of that. I don't approve yeah. of that. Um, <laughs> Haley, are the boys going to be ready in nine minutes? Is my mom here? Yeah, you guys better be ready. Um, God, we have a problem. We, like, So the whole premise of the show is when I meet someone like you is I like to like go back as early as I can. Like, I, I mean, I've never gone back this far, but ideally I'd like to hear like where your parents made you. Like, were they on a Ferris wheel and they boned and you got, and then take it all the way up to the present. But like, we're, we're like, we never even made it past. Like we're still back in like Connecticut, like four and like, I'd like to pick up like at four and a half where your parents got um, divorced, but, uh, and, and like how you got into sports and, and your first time doing Adderall, but like, like we don't, we don't have time. Cause like, cause, cause I'm, I dude, I'm always happy to do a part two. So, um, so I, bummed. How about a part I, three? Part three, dude. Part three. Whatever you want to do. I do you if, like if, James if, Hobart? James Hobart. Oh, I know that name. The little guy. No, he was on. He was an individual CrossFit Games athlete. He He's was on like, Rich Froning's team, though. Yes, that, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Wow, you called him a little guy. Oh shit. He's probably gonna hit me in the mouth for that. Oh but no, do. he doesn't. I don't think he hits anybody. He might talk shit about you, but he's so nice. Um, do you have you ever met him, or do you know him? I, we may have bumped into each other, but I don't know him. Like I couldn't be like, "Hey, man, how you been?" I talked about you on a podcast today. Do you know Brian Friend? No. Oh, those are those are two guys that I that sometimes co-host the show with me. Um, Brian's usually on if there's CrossFit Games athletes, and Hobart's on if I'm like feeling like like if I'm get, getting my period and I'm feeling insecure. Like I have him like here as like a a safety net. You know what I mean? He doesn't say a lot, but just in case, like if I had to go to the bathroom or I was running out of stuff to talk to my guest about Hobart would throw some shit in there. Okay. So they might be on the next time we're on. I'm around, dude. It was uh, actually really cool to get to connect with you. Um, you know, small world that we live in. And obviously I think we were only always just a couple connections away from meeting up. So a pleasure to meet you, Ryan, a pleasure to spend time with you. Obviously. Can I have three more minutes of your time? Not in a rush. What do you need? Okay. I'm just going to go through um, some of the questions here in the comments because we're live. I don't know if you knew that. Didn't. Yeah, and we're and, and actually, what's really weird about the show being live is it started off with like 32 viewers, and it's got 214 now. And and usually it's the opposite way. 
usually like it starts with like you know like somewhere between two and four hundred and then they're like oh this is the guest fuck this dude and then it just like dwindles down to nothing but this one actually grew so i'm, I'm impressed um uh please ask him the podcast where he said all the top guys in crossfit take steroids and they turn a blind eye blind eye you don't have to answer that i don't really care about that I will say, like, listen, I've got nothing against. I've got a lot of CrossFitters that I'm friends with, and I don't think that they're dirty. But I don't think it, it, it's odd that nobody really talks about how you guys are like the new. You guys are the new cycling. You guys are the dirtiest fucking sport there is right now. Or you guys are like 1990s baseball. Like everybody's got like a needle in their arm in between baseball swings. And I couldn't disagree with you more. What you guys? Zero. Are- there's if there zero was, steroids there two, in the sport. You're an at idiot. the highest level. Dude, <laughs> you're, dude, <laughs> literally, dude, you're gotta be the crazy. Name calling was, starts. Oh my god. If there goodness. was 240 athletes at the yes. CrossFit Games this year, 10% yeah, of yeah. them popped. That's a fucking terrible number. Uh I don't think that that is true. I don't think I don't I'm not saying athletes. Matt Frazier, Justin Medeiros, but it's very bad. It's very bad the numbers that you guys have. I'm sorry, but it is bad. I disagree 100%. Listen, if you want me to go get a pad of paper and just nail you with statistics on your own sport, I will freaking lay you out on the floor. It is bad. And you guys are just like, they're like, uh, they're like six people from CrossFit, you know, just recently popped. But also in more important news, an old lady snatched a water jug. (laughs) <laughs> They're like, there is, there is, um, you can only say you can, someone is only tall because someone else is short. If everyone was seven feet tall, then someone who is seven foot one wouldn't be tall. And someone who, or someone who is seven foot one would be tall. You guys can give someone me who is six eleven would be short. And so, and so. And so if you're suggesting that there's more people in CrossFit doing steroids than the general population. Of no, not at all. I'm talking about professional goers. sports that are supposed to be clean. I think you guys yes. are alarmingly dirty. I think that there's a ton of Extr- people. Extremely I, low. Extremely low. What? In the professional Ex- level. You guys can't admit that like every single other week people keep. Let's on not say caught. you guys. Let's say they because I, I got fired because I got fired because okay. I would love I would love for you to be right and fucking t- tear them a new asshole. I'm looking I, for I, an excuse to hate these guys, but I just love them. I, no, I'm not saying Help the sport out. of CrossFit's bad. You guys yeah, think okay. that like you're taking my sentence and you're not you guys. Towards... Those, those, those. OK, them, them, I, them, them, though, they I please don't use the right the sport... pronoun when you're talking to me, please. I don't think that sport of CrossFit is bad. I just think that the numbers of people getting popped is is large, and it's it's never really directly addressed. How about that? I, I mean, we're directly addressing it now, and this is the coolest podcast in the space. I'm having a great time, but I'm not going to back down on my opinion on this one. I do not want you to back down. I just don't think that um, Scott Panchik has ever done steroids. I don't think you're you're that, pointing at certain people. I don't think I, right. I, if right. we just okay. put two hundred and forty people in a pool and we're asking them to jump up and down, I'm not pointing at anybody. I'm just saying that ten percent of those people in the pool are on steroids or performance what percentage. What percentage of the people who are do you, and you think that that's high in the NFL? It's only three percent. Is that that's your point? I think we'd be reading a lot more of it if if it was out there. Like it's just it's just really really rare. Like going into the Olympics in track and field, only one female got in trouble for performance enhancers and then 
another girl got in trouble for pot. And that's like the highest level you can have in running. And a lot more people went to the Olympics for track and field than went to the CrossFit games. So like, look at that percentage, highest level of running in the world versus highest level of CrossFit in the world, very limited poor, uh, you know, poor behavior versus a mildly high level of poor behavior. I'm just looking at a statistic base. What about that movie with the Russian? Oh shit. Two minutes. God. Uh, what do you think about, do you believe in God Hunter? I believe that there's too much coincidence in our life for everything to just be completely based on science. I'll say that. Okay. I, I, I'm trying to not say the, the word God damn it anymore, the phrase in Jesus Christ, because I got some really thoughtful DMs from people who listen to the show who don't like those phrases. So, but I say them so often, but I'm really trying to catch myself. It's easy. Did to. you see that? Did you see that, um, movie, um, did you see the, the movie with the 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 Russian steroid movie? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, so, so but and and that basically made it look like like everyone in the Olympics was on steroids. No, and, but that was and a, and getting away with it and but, getting away with it. But that was a government that was a government run system. Like I think the thing about the United States, not saying specifically the United States, but I think the thing that's also hard about track and field, the example I just gave, is those are all under independent bodies. Like they're all. Like that's why the guy who uh, Alberto Salazar, the running coach who for Nike, has been banned from professional sports forever because he just was caught too many times doing something dirty. But the the you like the way that independent sport happens here in the United States versus over there is like the Chinese bodies and the German bodies and the Russian bodies. It's actually like it's a business over there. It's an actual institution. In which case, you'll get in from a young age and you'll be on gov- government subsidies all the way up through your rankings. And you Take can have the subsidies. blue pill. Take yeah. the blue pill. Every they, day. they do it differently over there. You can't yeah. even get a dollar as an athlete over here in Olympic sport. Okay, so um, we'll we'll table that. Are you happy, Streeter West? Please give me a uh, like a thumbs up or subscribe to my YouTube channel on your mom's account since I asked that question. Damn it, um, Hunter, my favorite trash talker. He could have been great at CF if he started earlier. Yeah, he's trying to get creatine and anything other than the bag of pure creatine is useless nick of time i want to see hunter take on another run take another run at the games oh this is uh, shit 8 30 okay fine 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 you'll come on again fine so be it i'll be back you guys if you want to pinch it in you have me until the eighth pinch it in oh i see what you mean because then you're going to germany Mm. yeah or we could talk to you after you become the champion again. Come get some, baby. I wonder what gets more viewers. Hmm. I don't know if anybody right. will even remember. They'll they'll remember. They'll remember this show. I'm, I'm I I am the Hunter McIntyre of High Rocks of podcasts. I like that. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, uh, the point of P- uh, yeah yeah. Damn, I have to go. Thanks for coming on. Um, what are you going to do right now? I'm going to the skate park with my kids to, to like, and then and then in my head tell myself what a great parent I am. What are you going to do? That's a good way to start the day. Uh, I am going to pack because I have to. The, the rental we were in ends today, and I go down and go see my father for a couple days. I kind of get into a little bit more of like a meditative state before a championship, so I'll just be quiet. Okay. Well, tell Dougie Fresh I said what's up.